We are in our first lesson of the Look Up series, and if you're a note taker, I encourage you to take some notes or take pictures of the screens as we're moving through this lesson today. Uh, in your service guide, there's an opportunity to take some notes. Also online, you can download the notes or you can just grab a piece of paper as we roll forward. We are in December and this has been a very unique year. Everything about this year has been unique, except one thing. We've had one thing that was normal this year and I'm really excited to tell you that for Thanksgiving, Christy made potatoes of gratin the right way and she used a whole block of Velveeta cheese. It was delicious. And, uh, and, and I just believe that the Holy Spirit works in that pot somehow. Velveeta is one of those things that I, I hate that I love. It's a fact. I hate that I love it. And Christy said, when I said, uh, she asked, what do I want for Thanksgiving? And I said, you can make whatever you want. I really would like some, some potatoes of gratin. She said, well, can I make it a different way? Can I make it, you know, fancier and nicer and, and you know, not use Velveeta cheese? Uh, and, and I said, no. That's a no. Uh, I want something that's normal on Thanksgiving. I want something that's normal in the year. So you're welcome. I get to tell you about potatoes au gratin. Hallelujah. I don't know how you make it here, but we make it the right way, just so you know. <laughs> One thing that changed in my world this, this year is that I've joined a group of guys that, that exercise, and most of them exercise a lot. They, they exercise every day of the week, morning, noon, night, weekends, every day. I exercise with them twice a week and uh, enjoy it. There's a great group of guys, and, and, and how it works is we all meet in different parts of the city at different times, and, and, and the, the group of guys that I've exercised with most meets on Wednesday mornings out at, um, at uh, the junior high school here in town, and, and, and every time we get together, one of the guys has put together a plan of exercise. So you don't really know, unless you're that guy, you don't know what you're going to do when you arrive. You just get there and, and get warmed up and then get ready for when the time comes, bam, we're exercising. And it's, it's high-intensity exercise. We exercise for one hour, but everything is happening very quickly. And you really don't stop for an hour. And so this particular day, I arrived at 5.30 or a little before 5.30. And at 5.30, it was time to go. And, and they said, let's go. And so we went over to the track there at Timberstone Junior High. And we sat down on the track and, and, and began the, the, the first set of exercises. And on this day, we did, I think, you know, 20 push-ups and 20 sit-ups and jumping jacks and, and burpees and, and a, a, a set of exercises like that for a few minutes. And then at the end of that set, we got up and we ran around the track one time. We came back to where we started and then we did another set of exercises. And when that was set was done, we got up and, and we ran around the track again. Well, here's something you might not know about me. I am not a runner. Historically, I've run for two reasons. One, something very big was chasing me, or number two, something that I really wanted badly was getting away. And, and I, I would run then, but I don't really run outside of that, and I do other things, you know, and other exercises, but never really was a runner, and so I ran. And I'm getting better, and, and, and as I've been working out with these guys, they run a lot, and so I'm, I'm getting better at running. But on this day, I, I got done with the first set of exercises, and I ran around the track, and I ran around the entire track without stopping one time to breathe or to take a break or anything, and I felt really good about it. And then we did the second set of exercises, and I, I got up and I ran around the track again. I didn't stop to breathe. I didn't stop to exercise. I did breathe, by the way, while I was running around the track, but, but I didn't have to stop to do it. And so 
third set of exercises, I got up and, on the, and, and I started going around the track again on the third time and about halfway I had to stop and, and kind of walk for a while and then I picked it up again and started running again and, and we got to the end of that and I did the fourth set of exercises and got up and ran around. I'm telling you, this is all happening very quickly and I got up and r started running around and about a quarter of the way I had to pause and I had to stop and and, I, and I, I just couldn't breathe, and I, my muscles were burning and whatever, and so I walked a little ways around, and then I, then I started running, and I was the last guy into the, the circle of guys getting ready to do the next set of exercises, and, and I, I, I hate being last. I, I mean, I was last, I just hate being last. And so anyway, I got over there, and I started exercising again, and everybody was running, and everybody, I mean, everybody was doing the exercise, and now was the time, unfortunately, we had enough time to do a fifth lap. And I, I was so excited to hear that we had enough time to do a fifth lap. And, uh, and so I, I jumped to my feet very slowly and painfully, and, uh, and, I, and I began running. And it's, it's dark. It's dark at this time of the day. And so I was looking ahead of me, and in the darkness, I could see a shape of somebody that I was, they were running, but I was catching up to them. And that never happens. <laughs> and, and so I thought, wow, something, something, boy, I'm, I must be really doing good. Uh, I'm, I mean, whew. And, 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 and I started getting closer to the shape, and I saw who it was. And it was Matt Aston. And Matt's a member of this church and his family, and, uh, and he's a friend. And, and he had invited me to do this for a long time, and I kept telling him no, but finally I told him yes. And, and, and now I'm wondering why, and, and, and I, um, but I'm catching up to him. And then, and then I realized I'm not really catching up to him. He's running in place waiting for me. <laughs> and so I thought... Man, what a cool guy. What a cool guy. He could have been all the way around the track already, but he's running in place waiting for me to catch up. He's going he's gonna to run with me. And then, and then as I got closer to him, he started moving away from, him, from me, and I realized that he was keeping pace with me while running backwards. And then I thought, what a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just rude <laughs> right there. And, and, and so finally he had the, the decency to turn around and run forward, and, and as we were running side by side, we were going along, and, 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 and I don't know when he said it or where we were when he said it, but he, he kind of just yelled out, hey, look up. And I'm, I'm running, and he said it, and, and I was like, what? And then he said it again, look up. And I looked at him, and I said, what do you mean? He said, look where you're going, look up, raise your head. And I realized for the first time that I was running while looking down at my feet. And I was looking down at my feet, and, and really what I was doing, as I was saying, right foot forward, left foot forward, right foot forward, breathe, right, right foot forward, left foot forward, right foot forward, breathe. And I, and I was just trying to keep a cadence and trying to, trying to keep it together, trying to keep moving. And he kept saying, look up. And every time I would look down, he would say, look up. And so I kept looking up, and I realized that while I was looking down, I didn't even know I'd be, gotten into the habit of running while looking down. And now looking up, I could see where we were. I could see how far I had to go. I could see how far I had come. I, I could see where I was on the track. I could see where everyone else was. And I didn't stop running on the fifth lap. All the way around, I ran while looking up. We're in uncharted waters in this day and age. I'm okay if we never have another year like 2020 in my lifetime. Not going to bother me a bit. I'm looking forward to 2021. 
Uh, there's a lot of unknowns out there, but I'm still looking forward to possibly ending this season. Number one, we're in the 10th month of this pandemic, and that's changed so much of our lives. This election season has been brutal. It doesn't matter where you stand on what, it's been a brutal election season, and, and rifts and, and the verbiage that's out there is just incredible, and it's a tough, tough season. Schoolwork has never been the same. I pray for our kids, our students that are working hard to try to do well in a, in a season where nothing is normal in their life, in their families. Work has been unique, to say the least, where sometimes you're going to work, sometimes you're not going to work. Sometimes you're on site, sometimes you're off site. Sometimes you, you know what's coming, sometimes you don't know what's coming. It's, it's consistently shifting and changing. And, and if you watch the news, the news is this is happening this day and that's happening the next. And, and even that isn't very certain at all. And and everything's just different, but here, here's, here's the rumor. The rumor is that just because COVID's happening and everything is different doesn't mean the rest of life has, has changed. You're still a parent. You're still a spouse. You're, you're still an employer. You're still an employee. You're still trying to figure out how to deal with the problems you were dealing with before COVID was ever a known issue. Some of you are dealing with financial stresses that have just escalated. Some of you are dealing with health issues that have nothing to do with COVID because guess what? Just because COVID showed up doesn't mean all the rest of the health issues went away. Some of you are dealing with family situations and you're, you're approaching the holidays or you're in the holiday season and, and the stresses of the holiday season are normally there for you, but now they're even escalated because of all the other uniquenesses are there. And so you're trying to deal with life and trying to work through life and everybody's in a different moment. Everybody's in a different phase. Some of us started the year strong and you walked into it strong and maybe even still feel fairly strong, but you're, you're, you're ready for this season to end. Anybody else ready for this season to end? We can just go on to next. Hallelujah. Just ready. Others started strong, but the weight's getting to you. The, the fact is, you, you were strong running, but now, now you just feel that pressure, feel that weight. I've had leaders, I've had strong people tell me, man, I just feel like I'm carrying such a consistent burden. Pastor Benton did an incredible job delivering the word last weekend, and, and he said he was talking to somebody, he shared that they were talking, he was talking to somebody, and they just said, I feel like there's a consistent uh, uh, unsettledness and consistent frustration that we're dealing with. Some people started the, the season weak. You were already struggling and and now you're just doing everything you can to move. You're, you're like me. You're, you're saying, I, I just, I just got to breathe. I just got to put my right foot down. I just got to make my left foot go forward. I just got right foot, left foot, breathe. Right foot, left foot, breathe. And that's all I can do right now. Everyone's looking for a solution. We hear about vaccines. And some are excited about vaccines coming. And some are worried about vaccines coming. So even the solution that we have in our world seems uncertain and it brings its own concerns. Should you or shouldn't you? Will you or won't you? What will they make you do versus what can you make a choice about? Wherever you stand on the, the spectrum of ideas and ideals, the reality is there's all kinds of uncertainty involved in all of it. And you may not realize that you've developed a habit of looking down. 
looking down at your feet, looking down at where you're at, and it, you're, you're looking at just the moment right in front of you. You're looking at the news of today. You're reading the article of now. You're, you're de- understanding how many, how many new sicknesses have been uh, uh, discovered and, and tested and te- how many people tested positive today how many people died today how many people died of covid versus died of other things and situations and and and, and it's just it's just it becomes overwhelming so your world gets smaller and smaller and smaller and i just i just want to think about right now and 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 when you look down the reason i was running while looking down is because it just seemed easier if i don't think about what's over there if i don't look at how far i have to go and just worry about taking the next step, and don't worry about that, then, then maybe I'll be able to make it through, and maybe you'll be okay. It seems, seems right to just look down because it reduces the input. I'm not getting distracted by this, and I'm not thinking about that. I'm not. But the reality is we are because it begins to also fuel back into self. And what I mean by that is whenever I'm looking down, whenever I'm focused on breathe in, breathe out, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, then what happens is I I exacerbate the realities of my own body. Because I'm thinking about breathing so much, I can't breathe. Because, my, because I'm so aware that my, my muscles are hurting, suddenly they, the, the hurt just continues to grow and expand. And suddenly what could be a minor problem in my life becomes a major problem in my life because I'm so focused on it and it becomes my whole world. My whole world comes down to I've got to breathe and I've got to move. And nothing else is there before me. And we develop this habit of looking down. And this is the problem that the Hebrews dealt with for generations. Because, see, there was, a, there was a promise made, a promise of a Savior, a Savior that would come and do great things. He would deliver them from enemies. He would make the worship of the one true God the primary worship again. He would lift Israel out of obscurity and back into world dominance and prominence. And, and he was going to do something awesome for Israel. And so Israel was looking for him. They were believing in the promise. They were praying for the promise. They were searching for the promise. They, were, they had their eyes out and peeled. My grandfather, my dad used to say, keep your eyes peeled. I'm not sure what an unpeeled eye looked like, but... What they told me was that if I kept my eyes peeled, I'd be able to see things. And so Israel was looking for these things. They wanted to see the Savior. They wanted to know the Savior. They wanted to experience the Savior. And they wanted the Savior to do all the things that the Savior was promised to do. And yet, and yet with all of that being true, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Why did Jesus weep over Jerusalem? Why did he say, Jerusalem... (laughs) Some terrible things are going to happen to you. You're going to go through some stuff that I wish you didn't have to go through. You're going to experience some things that are going to be hard and difficult, and they don't have to be that way. And then he goes on to say why, why they were going to experience these things. And this is what he said in Luke 19. He said, you did not recognize it when God visited you. You didn't recognize the day of your visitation. The Savior showed up and you didn't know he was there. The Savior showed up and you didn't recognize him for who he was. You didn't receive him. The Savior showed the one you are looking for was right in front of you. And you didn't know it. 
Why did you miss him, Israel? You missed him because you were looking down, not looking up. Israel was expecting a military leader, a political leader. They were expecting one who would deliver them from those that were oppressing them, from, from Rome, from, from all of the others in history who had, who had taken them into captivity, who had, who had ruled over them. They were, they were looking for someone who would take them back to world domination and worldly prominence and worldly wealth and worldly success, and, and they would be somebody in this world. They were looking down. They were not looking up for a king that was more concerned about their spiritual condition than he was their physical condition. They weren't looking up for one who said, I care more about your soul, your spirit, and who you are on your in, in your inner man than I am about what's going on outside of you. In fact, I will use what's outside of you to bring you closer to me inside. They were looking down, they were not looking up. But here's, here's the, the, the ironic reality is that Israel had been in the very best places. They had been lifted up. They had been powerful. They had been wealthy. They had been prominent. Abraham started it all and, and he, he was blessed by God repeatedly. In fact, people used to watch Abraham's life and be amazed by it. And they would pour blessing into his life. And then you go all the way through the, the rise of Israel until you get to Moses and you see him in Egypt and then God brings them out of Egypt and slavery and brings them into their own land. And then from, the, from that day of the judges, they just begin to rise as a nation all the way until they get to the, the reign of King Solomon. And Solomon is so wise and Israel is so rich and, and they are at peace that every nation wants to have an uh, alliance with them and, and people are coming from all over the world to see how Israel's doing what it's doing. I mean, they are, they are the people to watch, to look at, to see what's going on. But, but Solomon, Solomon started his reign by looking up and asking God for the wisdom needed to rule the people. But eventually his eyes eyes went from looking up to looking down and that is the trajectory that most of us deal with we start off looking up but eventually eventually the weight of the world and the weight of our reality and the weight of the situation and the weight of the condition and all the, the weight of all the things that are pouring into our life and the weight of what we hear and the weight of what we experience drags our eyes from being up to being down and it just seems easier to look down but Paul does says something really unique in the New Testament. He, he's never known Israel at its peak of worldly power and popularity. He, he wasn't there. In fact, when he was born, Israel was under the rulership of Rome and likely was never going to get out of it as far as he could see. In fact, Paul is not only... <laughs> knows Israel as being a subjugated nation, but he is also part of a subjugated people within a subjugated nation. He is a Jew within a subjugated nation, and, and then he becomes a Christian, which is even more the minority within Israel. 
And he is in a difficult situation in many ways to the point where we know that he shares with us that, that he's been shipwrecked and he's been beaten and he's been jailed and he's, he's had all of this stuff. He's been beaten. He's, all of these terrible things have happened to him. And yet Paul writes in Philippians, he says, I've learned to be content in every physical condition that I've experienced, not because of what's going on outside of me, but because what is within me drives me. I have a spiritual inward strength and while israel never felt contentment even as it was at the top of the heap as it were in this world paul says i've learned in whatever state i'm in to be content i found peace i found strength no matter what's going on in my life paul was saying that external earthly conditions do not determine my internal contentment he learned it, and this is our big idea today, that we must look up for what down can't offer. We must look up for what down cannot offer. Some have called Albert Einstein a relatively intelligent individual. I would agree. And he said this, problems cannot be solved with the same mind that created them. They cannot be solved with the same mind that created them. So earth cannot offer a savior for the problems that earth created. Because whoever came to prominence, whoever came to power, as long as they were from the same level as the ones that created the problem, the problems would persist. I'll say it this way. Human solutions can shift issues only heaven can redeem them. Human solutions can shift issues. We, we can make it about something else. That's why entertainment is so powerful. That's why entertainment is such a draw. People will spend money on entertainment that they, that they should be spending on their bills or should be spending on investment or should be spending on their future, but they'll spend it on entertainment. Why? Because I just want to be, I want to be distracted for just a moment. I, I don't want to think about what's going on right now. I want, I want my mind to go somewhere else. And the, the issue is shifted. It doesn't go away. Just because you get drunk doesn't mean your problem disappeared. It's just there when you're sober again. Just because you got high doesn't mean that your problems are over. In fact, they may have just begun. Just, just because you, you had the affair and found a, moments of a moment of pleasure doesn't mean your marriage is going to be fixed or that it could ever be fixed now. You, we dig ourselves into a hole trying to find another solution. Heaven is the only place in which, in which our, our problem can be redeemed bought back and made new again but i'm grateful that god didn't say hey listen you created this mess live with it he didn't do that to us he, he didn't say hey you're in a tough time hope you make it <laughs> i'll see you when you get out of this nonsense he calls to us look up in the middle of your difficulty in the middle of your dilemma even in the middle of the mess you made yourself look up Look up and allow me to lift you up because up offers what down can't offer. And I have one thought for us today, and that's this, that your life drifts in the direction that you're looking. 
It drifts in the direction that you're looking. My pawpaw, you know, if you've been around here for 22 seconds, you know how much I think about my pawpaw. My pawpaw, he was my best friend in life until he passed away. And, 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 well, until I married my wife, he was my best friend. And then he became one of my best friends until his death. And we were very close. And I love him dearly even to this moment. But he was one of the scariest people on planet Earth to drive with. He was just scary because he'd be driving. He always drove big cars or pickup trucks, and he would be driving along, and he would be looking at everything in the world other than where he was going. He'd be telling us stories. We, somebody would drive by, and he'd say, well, look at that guy. He's, he's going to pick up some eggs at the store right now because his wife's home buying, uh, making a cake, and here's what happened. Uh, some people showed up at their house unexpectedly, and so they're trying to make them feel at home, and so uh, he had to rush out to the store. And I'm thinking, man, Papa knows everybody. And then I, as I grew up, I realized, no, he was just lying, <laughs> making up stories, and he didn't actually know everybody. But he made stories. But every long once in a while, in the middle of his story, he'd glance back at the road. All of us were getting saved 37 times a second, but he'd glance back at the road, and when, he'd do, when, he, when he would, he would jerk back into the lane. Sometimes with the assistance of kind other drivers who were wanting to assist him in his attention situation. They would have emergency signals to flash at him, and sometimes they would drive by us and tell him how he's number one and how they really appreciated him. <laughs> and uh, Because he was looking in one direction, he began to drift there. Look where you're going, or you will go where you're looking. If you're looking at the negativity things, the negative things that are happening in our world right now, your life's going to go in a negative direction. If you're looking at the pain, then you're going to start experiencing more and more pain. You will find what you're looking for in this world. If, if you are focused on the, the points of anxiety in your life, then they are going to be fed and fueled in your life. If you're looking for po at points of fear in your life, then they're going to be fed and fueled in your life. And suddenly you are more anxious and more afraid and more uncertain. And, and, and everything that you're looking at, you're, you begin to drift in that direction. And every once in a while you, you, you glance up and, and you jerk yourself back into position where you ought to be going. And, and I'm just, I'm encouraging us today instead of doing that let's just keep our focus up and allow God to lead us in a healthy prosperous proper way and where we don't have to be jerking our lives all around praise God so God's communicating with this young Hebrew girl named Mary and he's doing it through an angel named Gabriel and he says this Gabriel says to her and I'm, I'm going to draw your attention to some focus to some directional focus issues in this passage of scripture gabriel appeared to her and said greetings favored woman the lord is with you the lord is with you so he's he's pointing her focus upward to upward companionship if you want to look at who's with you it's the lord he's with you your companionship comes from above and then he's, the scripture says, confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. And he continues, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Favor with God. 
So he's telling her, you have a patron in your life, somebody who's covering the situation, somebody who's covering you, providing for you, going to fuel resources into your life. And where is that patron? It's an upward patronage. He's coming from above. Then verse 31, he says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll name him Jesus. He will be very great. So he has an upward advancement. He's going to be born, and and you you don't see him as great right now, but he is going to become very great. There's advancement upward in his life, and will be called the son of the most high. So when you look at his pedigree, he's got an upward pedigree. His pedigree is pointing upward in his life and will be called the son of the most high upper pedigree the lord god will give him the throne of his ancestor david so he has an upward ancestry whenever you look at who preceded him it's something great it's something elevated it's something beautiful and he will reign over israel forever his kingdom will never end so he has an upward destiny His destiny continues to track upward. And so everything that the the angel Gabriel is telling Mary, it's saying, hey, look up. Hey, look up. Hey, look up. Hey, look up. And Mary responds. This uplifting uh, uplifting message, Mary responds and she says, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin or I've not known a man. What does Mary do? She drops her eyes down. The angel is saying, look up. And Mary's saying, yeah, but what about the down? Well, well, look at all of this. And well, what about? She's diminishing what the angel is telling her. She's doing it because she understands down and doesn't understand up. What are you diminishing in your life right now? What are you downgrading? What promise of God are you saying, yeah, but, about right now? What hope for your future are you saying, but, yeah, not, you see, see, here's the thing. That doesn't happen in my world. That that doesn't happen with people like me. That happens with them. (laughs) That's not, that's not the, I don't run in that crowd. Let, Let me diminish the promise that God has given me. Let me diminish the thing that he's saying. And Mary, Mary, nothing about what Gabriel was saying was causing Mary to think down. It was all pointing up. None of it was human dependent. But while hearing up, Mary looked down because it's what she understood. And you and I fight the same exact battle. We need the miraculous thing to work in our life. We need a savior to work in our life. But we engage the things that we understand. We engage the thing that makes sense to us in the context in which we live. So we need peace. But we don't focus on what God can do and the peace that passes all understanding. No, we engage in realizing how little power we actually have. I need peace in my life, but what I'm going to do is run all the worst case scenarios that are going on in my life right now. All the what ifs that could happen. We need provision in our life. It's it's a real need in our life, but we don't focus on him as Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides, but we engage on how limited we are in producing more in our life. I I do that, but this, and I do that, but that, and, and I'm just not capable of these things. We need wisdom. 
but we don't ask God for his promised wisdom and trust that he is giving it to us, but we stress about how little we know, and we start Googling everything every five minutes to try to gain the wisdom of the world in how to fix the problem that we're in. And we do like we did in school and cram everything into two minutes trying to figure it out. But here's something that I'd like us all to know, and if you're not a note taker, take this note anyway. God does not rely on you to make his promise work. He's not relying on you and he's not relying on me to make his promise work. The how was not Mary's responsibility. Mary's responsibility was to say yes. And we'll talk about that in upcoming weeks. We must be open to what the Holy Spirit is calling us to do. We, we have to get out of the habit of looking down and start looking up. And Gabriel starts speaking again. He said, no, 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 I'm not going to leave it at down there, Mary. I've, I've got I've to refocus your attention here. And he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Oh, there's an upward connection that is in your life right now. And you've got to pay attention to this upward connection. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. There's a power that does not come from this world that is within you, that will be within you, and he will overshadow you, this power from the Most High God. So the baby to be born will be holy. There's an upward righteousness, and he will be called the Son of God. When you look at his parentage, you can't ever look down. <laughs> You've got to look up. It's God saying, Mary, look up. Look up. What needs to be done can only be done with help from above. And it might be that in your life right now, what needs to be done can only be done with help from above. And you might be looking down today. You might be saying, well, wait a minute. No, it, you, just, you just don't understand. Things are so complicated, and, and I've just got to keep moving. i just got to keep things going. And, and it's, better, it's better that I just keep my focus down here on what I understand. And I would just tell you that in the month of November, I believe it was, that in the nation of Japan, the deaths by suicide were greater than the number of deaths by COVID. Japan is one of the top two atheistic nations in the world. Operating by things that we understand operating by human wisdom and i'm not speaking ill of the nation of japan i grieve for the nation of japan but but what is the hope that we have in the world that's created all the problems that we face and if there is no god what what can we look up to what, what's the point of looking and so if if this is all it is then i cannot imagine the hopelessness that sits within the heart of one who does not believe that there is one above that is saying, let me have your hand and let me help you up. And you might say, well, it helps me though. It might help you for a second, but it hurts in the long run. You might say, well, it, it keeps me from seeing how far I must go. I would say, okay. And it blinds you to the progress that you've made. I wonder how many of you could, if you, if you took the blinders off just for a minute, if you looked up for a minute, would realize how far you've come in the last six months. 
in a positive direction in some areas of your life. Maybe you say, well, it helps me focus on my next step. If I don't, if I don't think about what's up there, I just think about this, it just helps me focus on my next step. And, and I would say, yes, maybe it does. And it blocks your ability to adjust your track to navigate the upcoming situations. If you're looking down, you can't tell what's coming your way. And you might say, well, that doesn't actually matter, Micah. See, what you don't get is I can't see that far into the future. Can I promise you something? There are a few people that know more about that statement than I do. Not because I'm all that, but anybody that's trying to lead anything right now is trying to make decisions, and sometimes you can't make a decision. It seems like more than a week or two out, and maybe it's maybe a month. And so I understand 100% that feeling of saying, but I just can't see that far out there, so it really doesn't matter anyway. And I would say to you, it does matter because by looking down, you remove all your ability, all your opportunity to maximize the future that you can see. Just because I can't see a year out doesn't mean that I can't maximize the next month. Looking down is self-limiting. And God calls us to elevate our eyes, our hearts, and our minds. And as we elevate our eyes, the rest follows because we drift in the direction that we're looking. So today, maybe you're, unaf maybe you're afraid, maybe you're uncertain, maybe you're sad, maybe you're stressed, maybe you're grieving, maybe you're unclear about your next and your future. Maybe your, your uncertainty, maybe all of this stuff is in an area of your family or your business or your career or maybe it's an area of, of, of life that we haven't even touched yet. Here's what the Word of God would say to you coming from the life of a person who knows what it means to be in very difficult conditions and we read Psalms chapter 121. Well, the Bible says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he, he, watches, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Why don't you ask the question, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me in this service? Are you looking for answers in your life in the same area that created the problem? Maybe you yourself created the problem that you're in and now you're depending on yourself to get you out and I would say that's a bad idea. Do you have work to do? Absolutely. Mary had to say yes, and then she had to go through the process of having a baby. But ultimately, 
while you play a part, the outcome is the Lord's. If we have the courage to look up. So, Father, I pray right now for your people that we have, would have the courage to look up to you. Everything in the world right now pulls us to look down, pulls us to try to understand it all and, and figure it all out, and you're calling us to live on a higher level, to trust on a higher level, but ultimately to put our future, our hope, our situation in the hands of the only one who could redeem the situation versus just shifting the focus. We believe you for that. We trust you in that today. And I pray right now that our, our hearts would be lifted, our spirits would be lifted. I pray that the joy of the Lord would be the strength of your people and the peace of God that passes all understanding would guard their hearts and minds even as our eyes are lifted up to you. That we would call out your name in every situation and condition that we're in, knowing that you are faithful and that you are with us now and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. And let everybody say amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and let's close this service in worship.